podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, wait, hang on. This isn't the Sky News broadcast here in Australia. It is the Oz F1 show. Hello and welcome to another episode. Uh, if you haven't watched the race yet, uh, well, let's just say... Not only are Foxtel useless at writing articles via any of their so-called journalists, but uh, they can't even pick up a simple live feed. Uh, So much so that I was almost encouraged to do live commentary via the Discord and nobody wants that, (laughs) I can promise you. Uh, But join us for this episode as we review the Styrian Grand Prix in Austria. And I'm joined by my friend... And yours, the one who turns up on time. Yes. Tommy T. Hello, mate. G'day, mate. How are you? (laughs) The other Thomas is bloody missing in action. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'll see you guys there. I'm finished setting up, getting ready. Got him a coffee as well, everything. And then the guy just, as he's supposed to be, he doesn't rock up. Love that. Bloody consummating professional camping himself. (laughs) Hey, can we just do a shout out? If you haven't listened to our pre-drinks episode yet, please go back and do that. It's audio only. So you go wherever you listen to your podcast. But uh, Dave Manus is an absolute legend of a human being. It was an absolute pleasure to have him on the podcast. And uh, you certainly will hear more of him. That is for sure as the weeks go on. But Tommy T... We said yesterday that uh, potentially we may not have as an exciting race as we thought we were going to have. Um, even though we asked you to do the commentator's curse, uh, it seems like it. the rain didn't listen in time and it came just a little bit later. Um, <sighs> this was not exactly the most exciting race that it could have been. If we had last year's start times of 10 past, we would have been sweet. <laughs> That's such a very good point. Seriously. Well said. Stitched up. No. Um, Not really that exciting, was it, to be honest? Um, No. But that's, I mean, this is what I said, right? Formula One, we've sort of been spoiled a little bit this year, I feel, with the quality of racing that we've seen uh, and certainly with the performances of some of these drivers as well being really mega. To my mind, first up is Kimi Raikkonen, his performance this weekend, although he just finished outside the points, he probably deserved to be in the points, that's for sure. Um, But look, ahead of next weekend or this coming weekend, I should say the Austrian Grand Prix in Styria rather than the Styrian Grand Prix in Austria, uh, it's going to hopefully rain, right? Surely. Minus Surely. Pr- promised us rain and that didn't happen. Uh, must, so that's supposed to be a man of your word. Come on, mate. Come on, mate. Uh, let's. Ha- we were happy to have it next weekend. We just need one dry, <laughs> one wet race yes. and that will be good. Uh, but really, it was a bit of a Red Bull domination, wasn't it, Tommy T? And Big we're not time. really surprised by that. Not at all. This is the Red Bull ring. Um, even though Campy forgets that, and mixes up his rings. Which ring? Which which ring are we at? The Hungara ring. That's his just favourite to say. I think. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> can blame him. Exactly. No, on such a short track as well. I think you you notice how different the front of the pack is to the back because we're getting lapped. We've got the guy in fifth getting lapped before the end of the race. That's pretty insane. So it's not as bad as if we we're at a, a longer track, but it, it wasn't great. To be honest, no. we needed some jeopardy in there. It, it is very interesting and we'll get to it, but to see how the top two drivers, even compared to their teammates, how fast they were and how how much of a gap they were pulling to the point where Hamilton could do an extra third pit stop almost if he wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it it does very much turn into a DRS train, doesn't it? Big time. Um, and it's not the only track that that does that, but it it what it shows is really, and look, if you haven't joined our Discord server, 
please can I encourage you to do so because even I'm learning stuff in there too. Uh, it's certainly the timings uh, looking, I think, from about 6th through to 13th, they were lapping pretty much the si- a similar time for most of the race. Yep. Um, a lot of them sitting in each other's DRS zones, which meant uh, whoever was sort of 6th was defending quite a bit but trying to keep everyone behind and pretty much did a good job until Charlotte Clare came stomping through <laughs> towards the end, which we'll talk about. But, uh, yes, very, very interesting. As I said, if you haven't listened to our pre-drinks, go and do that. But, Tommy T, let's actually get into our team-by-team analysis. Let's start at the back of the pack uh, with Haas this time. Good to Steiner was on the wall, um, and he also gave Nikita <laughs> Mazepin a spinning top. <laughs> The the irony, I love it. I'm a big fan of it, and apparently he took it quite well. So, yeah, it doesn't well, seem according like the guy to Gunther, joke, he took it quite he? well. Yeah, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that you could joke with. Probably end up far away in some kind of prison somewhere. But yes, no, he did seem he did seem to enjoy that. Um, we didn't see a spin from him, unfortunately, which would have well, probably spiced it up. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Was it must have been Schumacher then on the first lap that uh, was facing the wrong direction? Look, it's always one or the other, really, at this point, while they try and figure out uh, this car. And look, I actually feel for them. There has been, while Campy's not here, there has been some good chat. Uh, and Joel, uh, a big shout out to you, mate, on the Discord, spending a bit of time going through uh, Nikita's data compared to Schumacher for this year. Um, yep. And just saying that maybe we've given him a little bit, we as in the general F1 community have given him a bit of a hard time. Uh, and to some point I agree, but also I don't. And he's just massive spin forever. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're in a car that bad, it's really hard to find any kind of glimmer of hope, to be honest, because we can't see past like how rubbish that car is and how far it is off the pace of everyone else. Yeah, you're not wrong. And I think, you know, ahead of 2022, which is where they'll be putting all their effort into, and we spoke about this months and months ago, the fact that they've now got a little uh, subunit within the Ferrari factory, maybe. Hot desking. Hot desking. Yeah, right. But like literally all of their effort is going into 2022. None of their effort is going into this car. So the fact that they were also lapping at similar times to the midfield at this track is not a bad thing really for Haas this weekend. Um yeah, so look, Mick Schumacher in 16th, Mazepin in 18th, and uh, they had some spicy moments, didn't they? Yes. Because as we say, teammate is a bit of a misnomer. It's uh, it's really the the person who you can hold yourself against to to judge, and which is why the Daniel Ricciardo, Lando Norris thing is such a hotly talked about topic right now. But in these two, uh, there are some moves to be fair to Mazepin that he pulls where you're like, mm, it's pretty gutsy. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose he can afford the damage to the car considering he's going to pay <laughs> for the, the replacement parts, isn't he? No, he he does like to risk it. And like to be a great driver, you do have to have that element. And that's kind of the things we're talking about Valtteri not doing this season. So he's got that element. You've got to kind of back it up with skill sometimes as well, not just blind <laughs> kind of risk. How dare you take that back immediately? Skill, I shall not hear it. Not of Hass, <laughs> that's for sure. Not of yes. rich energy, allegedly Red Bull kind of drink. Who knows what they're going to be? Um, Williams. Now, <laughs> George Russell, we don't not like George Russell. We've just kind of found ourselves a little niche in the Formula One community <laughs> by not just absolutely adoring him and falling all over each other to talk about how, what an amazing driver he is. Uh, he had 
an amazing start. Yes. And he had what can only be described as the racing gods listening to you yesterday <laughs> and uh, dumping um, a problem with the car. And, you know, uh. it is a shame because you could see the mechanics really down. Um, this He was on potentially for an, a seventh place, he reckoned. Yeah. Well, there you go. Finish. He think that, though. He would say that you're not wrong, uh, and it's his highest start ever in a Williams, his second highest ever overall, of course, after his outing in the Mercedes, which went really well. Um, but Williams are making big gains, and I said this yesterday, Tommy T. I would love nothing more than for Valtteri Bottas to switch seats with George Russell and Williams to be the fastest grid on oh, the car next year. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Just poetic justice comedy. at its finest. Comedy, yeah. yeah. Um, you're, you're so right. He started brilliantly. He was on the mediums, and to be honest, I was very impressed that he kept the pace considering there was people in faster cars on similar tyres. Like, he should have been dropping back if it was the Williams of old. But he was holding his position. So I was impressed, but also <laughs> that part of me was like, just for the storyline, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not disappointed, but not surprised. It's yes. impressed, but not surprised. Yes. Um, and Nick Latifi, uh, he finished in 17th. Uh, look, as we said yesterday as well, he uh, scared a lot of teams in Q1 with a stonking lap. But unfortunately for him, it was flail time at the back of the grid. He's such a nice guy, though. He is. Like, really? He's so lovely, especially in pressos afterwards. He's like, oh, you know, as soon as I got lapped, I knew that was a race over. But, you know, going out there, having some fun and not really happy with the car this weekend. Yep. Like, great. I mean, you're never going to be an A-class driver, mate, but you're an A-class bloke and really is yes. that all that matters? Not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. But Alfa Romeo, Tommy T, Kimi Räikkönen, as I said up the top, I think he had a bloody incredible race. He did. He, he didn't really net the points and things that he would have liked out of it, but he did. He was holding up a lot of people, causing a lot of havoc. And do you know why? It's because he started on an alternate strategy instead of everyone else on the mediums or on the softs if you qualified on them. He decided, let's go a hard. Let's try and gain some positions. Wow, what a novel thing to do. <laughs> it just would have made sense. Uh, strategy. Especially somewhere like this where we're probably not going to see anything unless there's a, a safety car or rain or something, you might as well go on a harder compound and see what the race throws at you. Yes, and as I update the note, because I had them the wrong way around, Kimi Räikkönen was in 11th and Giovinazzi in 15th. And look, Kimi is a racer through and through, isn't he? Age is no factor here at all. He is able to defend and put that car into places that, uh, well, most people probably wouldn't dare. Look, Charles Leclerc, though, almost caught the back of him uh, coming into turn four. He was, I think maybe it was you, Tommy. Someone said, you know, Charles Leclerc was sort of in a very grubby mood yesterday in terms of how he He was was driving that car. Reckless. Um, and we'll talk about Ferrari in just a moment. But I, in comparison to Kimi, who's, who is probably the really the smooth operator over Carlos Sainz <laughs> in a lot of ways in terms of being the Iceman, but his car control and his speed exiting corners was so much better than Daniel Ricciardo's to a yeah. point where you could visually see the difference yeah. that Ricciardo is catching up to him going into the corner yep. and coming out of the corner. He has the confidence in that car to get on the power early and not get off it again and just yep. continue to sail through. And I think, I mean, that's one of the points that I'm sure that they debrief in the McLaren garage, but it was stark difference to see mm. Kimi versus Daniel um, in two bits of machinery that we know the McLaren should be a lot better. Yep, completely agree. He he did look sluggish as out of those corners. Just 
you'd just see Kimi Raikkonen and just walk away. Like a oh, whole that net gain that you've just had there was just disappeared. So yeah, I think you're right. But Kimi was outstanding. Gio was kind of unlucky. I think he just got caught in the wrong spot. Probably could have had a better strategy, but he was solid. He's been really impressive this year, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, I can't see him moving on next year. I think he's going to be around for a while. Yeah. And that's not such a bad thing because I think, you know, when we were talking midway through last year about what the likelihood of, of Haas was, and certainly when it was announced that both K-Mag and uh, Roman were leaving the team, um, that was a little bit confusing because before that we sort of thought, well, you keep either one or the other mm. and bring someone new in, even if it was Mazepin to have that consistency and maybe Giovinazzi gets dropped and Schumacher gets brought in under Kimi, which I think mm. everyone kind of wanted just for that, you know, ability yeah. to be able to say, well, here's a really nice storyline <laughs> firstly, but secondly, we've seen Charles Leclerc do that and jump straight into a Ferrari after his uh, first season. So, you know, there, there is a, an expectation there. Of course, I mean, Charles and, Carlos are performing exceptionally well. So, you know, that's not a thing anymore, but still would have been a nicer storyline. Yeah. It's, it's, Kimmy's not going to stay, is he really? Uh, he might. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but I don't think so. <laughs> you just don't know that guy. He doesn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's yelling at, at Charlotte Leclerc for taking out his front wing like a oh, dickhead. Poor bloke. And he still drove the car phenomenally well, even yeah. missing a bit of aero. Of course he yep. did. Because that's, that's Kimmy. Cool. That's why we love Kimmy. Uh, Alpha Tauri. Now, Pierre Gasly, we praised him a lot yesterday. Uh, lots of humble pie been eaten by Campy over the last couple of weeks of where he has qualified and finished. And Tommy T, not his fault at all. We'll mention Charles Leclerc again no. here. Um, but uh, poor Pierre Gasly was uh, very much on three wheels on his yeah. way back into the pits, wasn't he? Uh no fault of his own whatsoever, minding his own business in the middle of the track with more than enough space around the outside. And Leclerc just threw his front wing into Pierre's rear left for no reason. He had no reason to move over. I don't understand what he was doing. But Leclerc was very reckless this weekend and we've seen him reckless here in the past, taking out mm. Serbian in previous years. Just he, he sees the red mist when he's coming from further back than he'd like because he slipped back a little bit, but... I don't know. He just gets this this crazed, emotional kind of driver, and then takes people out and does insane things. He was lucky that he managed to get through, but he ended up having to pit twice, and he, he ended up doing okay. But if he had just kept his head cool and not done that, he would have been in a position to fight for proper points with Gasly fair and square, not taking him out going into the third or fourth corner. Yeah, and I feel for Pierre because he was strong in qualifying and in practice. And it certainly yep. would have turned around well for him this weekend, especially looking at the results. He definitely would have been up there alongside, if not in front, Carlos Sainz um, around that sort of fifth, sixth position really, yeah. wasn't, wouldn't he? Um, yep. But anyway, that's okay. We race in another five days here at the same track. So it's uh, luckily they can just fix the car in place and get on with um, some <laughs> more very poorly done promotional Red Bull shoots where they look terrified in a plane and weird together on a boat. Yeah, if I see one more stupid reel of those two, <laughs> like, changing clothes and, like, jumping into cars and stuff, oh. and throw my phone in the ocean. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's stupid content. It's not funny. We get it, I'm you're pretty, a fashion brand, but no one cares. I'm pretty sure the uh, social media manager for AlphaTauri is an Aussie, um, and we don't want to put you in the bin too quickly, but please get another idea. Please. Yeah. Just like the content is great and you're getting better at the transitions, but yes. just try something else and then come back to that. The, a little bit. 
they're doubling down hard on the TikTok. Let's let's yes. do some other things. <laughs> yes, please, please, Lord. Um, but Sonoda finished uh, this week in in a, in a point. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. Um, and he was uh, he was spinning around, right round, baby, right round at the beginning with um, well, not spinning, but involved in that kerfuffle at the back with Giovinazzi and yep. Schumacher <clears throat> or Mazepin, whichever one it was that spun. Oh, let's just say Mazepin. Um, but he managed to get back through the field. Uh, he was almost driving like Charles Leclerc here, and I don't know if if we should be happy about this kind of aggressiveness and say yes, it's about time. Or maybe, Yuki, if you were more consistent, we would have better things to say about you week on week. But he did perform well this weekend, Tommy. That's the big thing. It's consistency for him. He's up, he's down, he qualifies well, and then he has a rubbish race or vice versa. If we just could see some consistency, like his teammate, obviously, who's been in the sport for much longer, but Mm. you kind of know where Gasly's going to qualify. You know where he's going to finish. He's going to get the best out of that car to on track dependence. But Yuki, it's just an absolute gamble. He could finish last. He could DNF. He could spin out or he could get a point. It's it's very <laughs> random. Um, but while you're that young, I think you've got to try and risk it. You've got to try things. You've got to have a crack. Yep. And as a fan, that means we can get some shake up and we can do some random chaotic things. We can have some yellow flags. We can shake things up because that's kind of what we need at tracks like this sometimes. These more traditional kind of just – pure tracks, not street circuits and overtaking sectors. Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. And and good point. And we always sort of bring it back, don't we, to Max Verstappen in his first couple of years. But like the yeah. fact that he's only 23 and it feels like he's been in the sport for 70 years already is ridiculous what? to me. Um, but certainly, as you say, Yuki is just finding his feet and is in that more aggressive stance. Whether or not, though, after Honda leave the sport properly, he stays is another question. Mm. Um, I know they've, you know, they've sorted out with the power units now with Red Bull power units. Um, but part of me wants to see Albon back in that seat just to have a little bit of retribution. But also mm. we know that there's the Red Bull junior pool as well in F2 is is becoming pretty good and is getting full again. And certainly uh, with uh, doing, doing things in F3, things. never get over that. Um it's it's only a matter of time before he comes up. In fact, actually, I saw a on Michael Italiano's uh, uh, Instagram that uh, he and Danny Rick were training together in Monaco during the week. Jack doing, um, which is interesting. I thought love that so bit of Aussie love, love that. Uh, Alpine, Tommy T. Uh, thank goodness they signed Ocon for a three year deal. That's really netting them results, isn't it? Fourteenth. We've talked about it a little bit, but it's kind of like in the NBA, there's a big thing that's like in your contract year when you haven't signed yet, you work really, really hard and you're the best you've ever been. Then you sign the deal and then you turn to crap. It's <laughs> kind of what's happened with Ocon. He's got the sign on the dotted line and he's turned into rubbish. Yeah. He qualified very poorly considering that that car was way more competitive through practices, but we did see that with the McLaren and some other cars. So that's maybe fair enough, but did nothing in the race, didn't bother anyone. Like even... Ricardo, who finished back where he started, was doing things until he encountered some problems. Ocon never troubled anyone. He just poodles around, never overtook anyone, just hung out basically for a race. Yeah, and I think that's – I mean, you say, you know – He did it last year, didn't he? Well, I was going to say, when has he not done that? Really, yeah. I'm, try, I'm trying to think. I know he had his year out and he was waiting for the Mercedes seat that never came. Um, but He's having a year out again, apparently. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
having a year out in the car. Um, having a gap year while working. Yeah, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, because it's just not, he's just not showing any kind of glimpses. When you look at his teammate, Fernando Alonso, who had a couple of years out of the sport, went into, oh, look, I mean, Fernando is a much, much better driver oh, than Ocon. Yep. There is no shadow of a doubt in my mind that, that is the case. But in nights, and Fernando had an absolutely stonking start. Yeah. If you haven't, or if you don't remember, go back and watch the uh, just the start of the race and see him up on the inside taking so many places uh, and just put, getting his elbows out, getting razor blades on his elbows and going, yeah. bugger off, this is my uh, space. And it's good to see. I think Love you said it. this yesterday as well, Tommy T, that he's uh, feeling a lot more comfortable in that Alpine now. And, yep. you know, again, like Danny Rick and McLaren, he's working towards 2022, isn't he? Yep. So this year is just getting back into the swing of things, understanding the grid, who to stay away from, yep. like Mazepin, and, uh, and clearly Leclerc as well. <laughs> he and was a little bit, little bit less blissed out today, though. He wasn't full <laughs> hippie Nando today. He um, was very <laughs> pissed off that he caught traffic as I think it was Leclerc was pitting or someone and managed to get a spot on him. He was like, oh, I got blue flag from someone trying to get through. And uh, yeah, so the fire's still there. I think um, he's just a bit more knowing now. He's wiser. He's yep. he's obviously a veteran of the sport. So he's just, he's picking his battles. He's not just calling everything a GP2 engine and being <laughs> chaotic. He's, he kind of knows what he's doing now. Yeah. He's and just look, settling the, in. That issue with or well, the time where he was on the radio, you know, being disappointed was against Carlos Sainz. So nice yeah. to have some Spaniard on Spaniard action. Love that. Especially with Carlos as being, you know, sorry, Fernando being Carlos's hero for so many years. Um, it's really good. I still can't actually quite comprehend, Tommy, that he's back in Formula One. Like yeah, so I, it still I, feels weird, doesn't it? I sort of look at the the timing sheets sometimes and I just forget what year I'm in. <laughs> yeah. It, it's okay with Raikkonen because he didn't really leave. Yes. Like he's been back for a while now. Yes. But you're like, wait a second. Like this was the guy that was retired and hanging out at race weekends and just like in pit garage, just, just causing trouble, just yeah. going, hey, what's going on here? Looking for a job. <laughs> yeah. Just giving advice that wasn't asked for and <laughs> buggering off and having a drink. It's like annoying work experience kid who just won't leave yeah. me alone. It's like, can you That's please it. bugger off? Thank you. <laughs> Trying to get Lando's seat back off of him. He's like, I've made a huge mistake. Well, it's not the first time, Nando, that that's happened to you. Yes. Uh, but that's okay. We love Nando. It's good to see him back in the sport. Yeah. Um, Aston Martin. Vettel in 12th and Stroll in 8th. And I said to you yesterday again, Tommy T, is this the one in five race that Stroll ends up being any good? Uh, turns out, kind of is the answer. <laughs> eh, it's fine. Like, didn't do anything wrong. Uh, we, again, we didn't see much. Like, it's mm. the footage we got, he was kind of just staying out of trouble. He did have a massive gap between him and 7th, who ended up in 7th. Um, Leclerc ended up being able to pull a gap. And he was like kind of well behind the pack in front. So Leclerc kind of just got in front of him at the end on those fresher tyres. But he was just kind of like, I can't really do much better than eighth. I'll just sit here in eighth and just cruise around, consolidate points basically. So, which you can't blame anyone for no. as a team. No. Vettel, I thought he, I thought he was going to do better than this, to be honest, where he was starting, being able to pick tyres, all those kind of things. Same as Danny Rick, just kind of got caught in no man's land mm -hmm. in those DRS trains, like we mentioned, and just couldn't do anything. And when you finally pitted, you just got thrown right back down the order into like 17th or something and then just had to claw back. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's disappointing because we know the success that he's been having. Well, 
a version of success he's been having in that Aston Martin yep. in the last couple of races. Um, and I kind of think that it, it's all, you, we can't really judge drivers in this race all that harshly because by lap 24, there were already uh, cars that were lapped by Max and Lewis, yep. uh, I think, around that stage. And so, and then yeah. it just gets worse and worse and worse to the point, as you said, that uh, Lando Norris in fifth was lapped by Max in first, which shows you the speed, but also just shows you how difficult then racing with everyone else is when yeah. you just like it, you might as well just have blue flags throw, showing the entire time around the entire track basically and leave them there. Don't worry about the numbers. Yep. They'll know. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I think for Seb, you know, is there much that they can do for this coming weekend as well? And that's the other thing, you know, th- there's only a couple of days to do an upgrade specific for this track before we then go yeah. to Silverstone. And is that really worth it? Well, it's not really a similar track. So they may have some upgrades coming for Silverstone. It's their home race. I mean, that's where they're based, um, being Aston Martin. So it'll mm-hmm. be good to see them perform well there, but it would also be good to see uh, potentially one of them have to bow out so Hulkenberg comes back and we actually have <laughs> Hulkenberg back at Silverstone. I would yes. be a big fan of that. Hulkenberg. He got yeah. married, by the way, the other day. Congratulations, Nico. Thank you for listening to the podcast, of course, as Legend. you should. As you should. My favourite Nico. Hukenberg. <laughs> uh, all right, Ferrari. Uh, as we said, Carlos Sainz, um, look, they had a bit of a nothing kind of qualifying, did they? And, and they were sort of flailing around for a little bit, but uh, their strategy seemed to be the thing that saved at least Carlos in this instance and and uh, Charles just aggressive driving to try and cut back through. But not a total bomb for Ferrari this weekend as we thought it might have been. No, I think Sainz had the perfect strategy, to be honest. Where he started to where he finished was awesome. Just stayed long. Weird that staying long always nets your results. I, I think it's bizarre that teams don't think about it more. I mean, obviously, we're just plebs here yelling at computer screens. No. We don't have all the data that they have. But more and more you go, staying out always is better than being the one to jump first. And like, to be honest, if Daniel could stay, could have stayed out longer, he was trailing signs at the time, but because there was a gap between them, he dropped like a bunch of positions back where signs kind of only dropped three. And you're like, Mm. Oh, see, staying out really, really um, was positive for him. And he ended up in six. So really well done. And then Leclerc on a two stop managed to have fresh tires. So he could actually get back through the field. So they at least did something as opposed to mm. what was the safe kind of Daniel Ricciardo style of strategy, which was just, let's just do the safe, nothing version and end up exactly where I started. Yeah. I would have preferred to see him at the back on a two stop and gone, didn't work. Yep. Then him sit in 13th and just exactly where he started on the grid, like go for it, get some points because to be honest, 11th and last, both with zero points, so who gives a crap? Try something. Yeah, you're not wrong, and uh, and I think you know it's it pays off when it pays off, right? And it's not always, as you say, it's not always going to be a thing, but certainly the undercuts not always as strong as what we saw at Paul Ricard. Like that was ridiculous. That yeah. I've never seen in recent history that I can remember. I'm sure someone will prove me wrong. Please feel free to not write to me to tell me you're an idiot because <laughs> I know um, that that has worked so well. Um, and in this instance uh, at Austria with with all the traffic and you don't know what's going on in terms of where the leaders are at and um, the battles that be, are broken up by the leaders coming through that those back markers, that just means there's maybe a, a second or two that suddenly appears that you're able to put yourself into some clean air, you know, do better on tires and allow yourself to, to get past. Um, I think, and at one point, 
um, for Daniel Rick as well. They were trying to get past Kimmy on a pit stop and Kimmy ended up pitting anyway. Um, and they could have left Daniel out for that a little bit longer yeah, again just to do that. But of. I think they responded two or three laps later, didn't they? But anyway, we'll yep. come to uh, McLaren in just a second. But you just to finish on Ferrari, I think you're absolutely right. They've figured out their... I mean, they're not cheating anymore, allegedly, so that's good. They figured out their strategy to work, uh, which is which is encouraging. Have you also noticed now with the Ferrari thing, even the commentator, even Crofty is like, well, they got caught out, didn't they, for doing the wrong thing? Like th- that's sort yeah, of all. Yeah, they're not even hiding it anymore. We've, we've yeah. the, the political correctness has been put in the bin along with yourself yes. and Pierre yes. Gasly, <laughs> <laughs> which can be put his political correctness in the bin roughly at the age of three days old. That is correct. Uh, but okay, well, let's talk about McLaren because Danny Rick uh, had an absolutely amazing start and uh, yep. this was a great race for him and through absolutely no fault of his own did he have to lose all of the places that he made up on the first couple of laps. He started in the 13th. He got an amazing start, really got an amazing start and he was jockeying yep. for that inside line to try and get past signs, got that done with Seb as well, managing to to pushed so much further ahead. He was right behind George Russell in uh, yep. in ninth position. And unfortunately, there was just a, an issue with the car. The power just cut out for half a lap. And it, as yeah. we see, like the cars are all lapping at similar times, even from sort of lap five onwards. And like that, he loses so many positions. It would have been yeah. really hard for him. Um, but what would have been better is if we had that radio message at the time it was broadcast. I don't care about your fancy little graphics, <laughs> F1. You need to have your little bloody peaking kind of audio. Just put it up. Just put Ricardo. Someone just type Ricardo up. on the bloody keyboard and get it up. Not wait 17 laps and go, we just need to make sure the corporate branding's right. Kill me. <laughs> You're not wrong. We, we're getting these radio messages far too late and then <sighs> – even the commentators don't know what it's in reference to and they've got to get Ant on to explain yeah. the other part of a message. You're so right. And can we quickly just talk about how these stupid tyre graphics are just nowhere near the truth of what's <laughs> actually going on with tyres? Can we not believe those, please? They Actually, they have no data. They're based on just what they can see from cameras. They've literally got no reference. It's all made up. Some guy in there might as well be me going, yeah, Max has <laughs> got 40% on that one and 30% on that one. You don't even know. You're just making it up. It's I love stupid. It. But then we talk about it like gospel, like it's, oh, he's on 10% on that tire. He's going to have to be. So I think he would know when he's going to pitch. Shut up. Even Ant is now on Sky on the um, broadcast. He's like, yeah, those graphics, Crofty, I don't really, you know, it where crap. are we get? And Crofty's like, oh, well, you know, we're being sponsored by Amazon. So, yes, there's. Yes. This is a collection Thanks, of all of the data. It's like, no, it's not. It's literally Bob sitting in the corner of him going, mm, 22%. It is 1,000%. Same with the overtake. It's the same thing. That's based on a bit more timing, but it's still the same. Get uh, Seven less, and that's going to be a 5% hard difficulty of overtake. <laughs> As if you freaking know, pal. <laughs> <laughs> you are so right, my friend. Anyway, uh, imagine, imagine if the Oz F1 show had the rights to Formula 1. Uh, yeah. And we had an Australian-based commentary team, not a panel, not like MotoGP where they sit awkwardly for a long time <laughs> ahead of throwing to the commentators and trying to have something to talk about. Having actual, you could have that as well, and Campy could have his uh, Sky Sport, uh, sorry, Sky News <laughs> slot right ahead of the race where people go, "Wow, this is ridiculous opinion," wow. uh, but at least it's entertaining because it's not factual. Um, and then moving <laughs> into uh, not me commentating, I would be useless at it. Just but, let us uh, do the graphics. We'll be the graphics team. Oh, yeah, we'll there you the, go. We'll make up we'll all be the, the special facts. effects. Power. Yeah, we'll put explosions and stuff, and it'll be sweet. You'll love it. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll put right and now maybe messages. we'll show on track passes. No. That might be a novel idea. No, no, that's my okay, favorite part about this is we look at always Lewis Hamilton when something yep. else is going on on track. Or, of course, we always cut to Lance Stroll going through the uh, swimming pool yes. session at Monaco. We might as well be listening to the radio. The coverage we get is useless sometimes. <laughs> oh, seriously. It, what's everyone's coverage? We can't, no one, look, to be fair, Sky Sports and no one else can do anything. This is F1's what they put out to the live feed for every single person. Yep. So I know Sky Sports has no control over that, but I have control over figuring out whose helmet's whose. I know they've changed helmets, Crofty. You don't have to keep bitching about it. It's literally your job to go and find 20 helmet designs. It doesn't take a long time and go, oh, yes, there's this. And also a lot of them have the different uh, names changing sponsors on the Halo as well. Not that I'm telling you how to do your job, but it's not hard to stop bitching about it. One driver has a yellow camera. The other driver has a normal colored camera. It's pretty obvious. Yes, there is that. You too. can see on top of the there air, is that air box at the top. That is obvious. Like, be a commentator better. Not that I'm saying I could do it better, but I'm saying I could do it better. Yeah, you probably could. Uh, <laughs> but look, Lando Norris. We're too, hello, Tangent, my old friend. We <laughs> see, we don't need campy for tangents. Um, Lando Norris uh, is performing exceptionally well. Um, yep. He, yes, I agree with your rant, Campy, from last week that uh, we haven't really seen the proper Daniel yet, uh, but that's okay in, in you know, his own lane. He's doing exactly what he needs to do to be consistent, to get great points for the team. Um, I think it takes a really sensible driver to get out of the way of a car behind in that of a Red Bull um, to let Sergio pass because he just knows yeah. that that is not my race. I'm going to waste tires and time and just trying to figure that out. Let him sail on, get the kind of advantage that I can in terms of being in his slipstream as quickly as I can move on. Yep. And I think that's clever. I know that that sort of goes against, I suppose, what people will be thinking about in terms of wanting that position on track for sure. But uh, what it does do is allow McLaren to get closer to that third position for the constructors this year, which will help yep. them for 2022, right? Yep. Points every race, that guy. He is doing super well. The team is very happy with him. The only thing I would say about Lando is maybe a bit more humility in how he's talking about Daniel to the press would be the one thing. He's he's kind of dancing a bit on the grave of Daniel's form at the moment instead of kind of going, yep, it is a tough car, kind of. He's taking opportunities to swipe and improve his yes. own standing potentially, whereas like that's not what Daniel's doing and has ever done really. He'll, he'll talk about his performance, but Lando's kind of referencing Daniel and it's it's just a weird look and they don't seem to have the same dynamic in the like social media stuff we see where he had in the past with Carlos. It's almost a bit different. You can see Daniel kind of reaching out and trying to be funny about Vegemite and something I saw the other day and yep. Lando just not wanting anything to do with it, kind of just shutting it down and going, that sucks, that's not fun. Like yep. I don't know what's going on. He's just turned into a super serious guy, which is fine if he wants to be super serious, but he could he could do it in a way that isn't, shitting all over his teammate, potentially <laughs> yeah. giving him a harder time. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to deal with this guy for the next three years or whatever you've just signed. Yeah. You'd be better off getting along with him than having this bitter, gross rivalry that is probably going to come back and bite you at some stage. Yeah. I don't know who's advised him to be like this because it's – unless he's made up his own mind and decided – you know, this is where I stand because he's still been a buddy, buddy with Carlos. We saw it on the podium with yeah. Monaco and, um, you know, Carlos has a photo in his flat of uh, his first podium in Brazil with Lando standing next to him holding the trophy that was awarded after the penalty that Hamilton got for spinning around Albono. Um, 
and that's cute, but you're absolutely right. You know, I think there is, there's something to say about, yes, you, as look, if you listen to my radio spot on sports FM Perth, which is probably about three people, I pretty much say this every week because, uh, or every interview, because the question comes, you know, what is the, the sort of interaction between the two McLaren boys? And of course I understand that the Danny Ricks are West Australian. So that makes sense. They're really interested in, in that, but it's the teammate again is a misnomer. It's it's not it's the competitor, right? But you don't have to be so literally chalk and cheese from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one in terms of how you behave on camera in the press conferences. And yeah. because he gives dumb answers like, "Oh, the biggest difference between Daniel and Carlos is his age. He's old." I'm like, okay, firstly, dude, I'm the same age as Daniel, so <laughs> you shut your mouth. And secondly, I'm not old. I'm just insecure. Secondly, there's so many better ways to get under the skin of yeah. your um, teammate that is not sitting in the press conference with Tom Clarkson. And that's what he's doing at the moment. Daniel is already in his own head, expending more energy probably than he wants to trying yeah. to figure out his confidence in the car. We don't need the press. I mean, the press, whatever. I'm sure he, he and Michael can ignore that and whatever else. And, you know, you and I, Tommy and Campy will send messages of support through Italiano to him as well as we, as we can. But at the end of the day, Lando, and this is now I'm having a rant. Lando just needs to, figure out how he's going to get into Daniel's head without being a dickhead. And that's on track. He's already doing that. So all he needs to do is just be nice off on camera um, and, and off camera with the social media stuff. Charlotte in McLaren, I'm sure is wishing that he would do that as well. So they could get some good content because you're absolutely right. They've gone from amazing content last year to just much of the same where it's instead of two drivers together, it's one and one. Um, And as you said, like the snack thing, you know, I think they filmed that after the press conference where Lando said that thing and Daniel's just being Daniel, right? Apart from, and if you're on YouTube and you're watching, seeing these amazing threads that I've got and look, as I said to Italiano, if it doesn't work out for him, he loves music and can do a clothing and music co-label. That will be great. (laughs) But at this point, before he's world champion in 2022, just be kind to him, Lando. There is no reason to be a dick like you are. Just get it together and then everyone will appreciate you a little bit more. Yeah, I think it's just damaging his own brand, like you pointed yep. out. Like I don't, I don't know what the the benefit is because I don't think it's going to work on Daniel. And I think if anything, you're going to poke the honey badger, and he's going to come back with a vengeance and go, "Oh, I remember what you said, pal. Let's uh, let's see how that holds up." I, I just it it seems odd, yeah. especially when he was so buddy buddy previously. It's like a heel turn that you didn't expect. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, and uh, it's disappointing because I think, and also. There was a lot of pressure on these guys, wasn't there, for them to be yeah. buddy buddies. So it's almost sort of like two people trying to force each other, like, you know, kiss, kiss. It's like, no, 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 just <laughs> leave me alone. I don't want to do what the hell are you doing. And and it's it's showing. It's just becoming super awkward. Anyway, we can probably yeah. crap on about that for ages, but we won't. All we're saying is, Daniel, we still support you. Um, yes. And, you know, just he's already shutting other people out, but we've got it. And if you don't agree, go put yourself in the bin. Um, Mercedes. Yep. Bottas in third and all, and only just really a couple more laps and Sergio probably would have would have got past him but he held him off valiantly till the end um, mm. and uh, Hamilton in second the uh, press or the uh, drivers little thing at the podium afterwards is uh, was hosted by Mark Webber which is great the other thing as well is with Mark I've noticed uh, and this is as two people who do a podcast with an international audience and hello to you if you're listening from overseas uh we know we talk very quickly uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's very difficult to, for us to be understood which is why 
Tommy will have a crack at me in the last podcast when I wasn't here saying I get all professional and loud. It's just how I try and slow myself down a little bit like that and be really putting emphasis on words that don't need them. Um, but in terms of uh, in terms of this little uh, press interview, it's very interesting because if you listen to On The Marbles, which is a Channel 4 uh, podcast, F1 podcast, it's my favourite. I Look, Steve Jones is very funny and he's either yeah. loved or hated. It's like Daniel Andrews, although most people just hate him. Um, it, it's, it just makes me laugh. But in the last episode, both DC and Mark Webber were like, Valtteri's in the bin. Basically, that's it. He's done. Yeah, you know. Uh, and he was Mark was just trying really hard to be just super kind. And VB is like <laughs> after having said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, disappointing. But you know, held him off. And you know, now I'm on third. It's good to be back on the podium. It's been a while. I was like, poor VB, <laughs> you poor bloke. Um, it's but anyway, he's going to go to Williams, and they're going to win. The championship, it's all good. Absolutely. But I just also noticed that when Mark was doing that, he just spoke really quickly. Oh, g'day, mate. Yeah, well done. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a really good race for you. Uh, um, just talk to us a little <laughs> bit about there, of course, uh, being out in the... Uh, <laughs> oh, God, what is going on? What? Where's the question I'll, with all these words? I'd rather listen to him find than Coulthard, though. That accent is thick. It is. <laughs> That's, they're not wrong. Um, and Especially Hamilton, with the engine noise behind you. Yes. Hamilton <laughs> finishing uh, in second. Um, and he, that was where he was going to be really. I think next time around, there's not a lot, as I said earlier, there's not a lot that any team really can do to bring an upgrade ahead of next weekend. I mean, Red Bull have in my mind surpassed and are now running away with the championship. Tommy T, I think you said this when Campy asked you last weekend, what do you think is going to happen with the world championship? And you said it's Red Bull and it's Max. It's done. Uh, and I agree with you. Yeah, they were stuffing up early on, making silly mistakes. They're not doing that now. And Perez is consolidating any position he could. A couple of laps early on that pit stop, kind of a couple of back markers not in the way. He probably would have got past Bottas on track. Um, but yeah, back to Hamilton. He was very frustrated, wasn't he? That he had no opportunity to do anything. He's like, well, can I pit? They're like, too late. <laughs> like <laughs> Everything he wanted to do, he wasn't allowed to do because there was no chance. It was like... Max, is, Max can cover you off. Like yep. he's got so much of a lead on you, let alone the gap behind. He's like, you literally are a sitting duck. You just have to sit there and cop second. Yeah. And he hated it. He did. Which, but this is what we wanted to see, right? And and look, I admire Lewis Hamilton. I think he's an incredibly fast driver and his, his actual, um, his attitude out of the car this year is really good. Um, it's yeah. almost like he's actually genuinely enjoying having the pressure of being able to catch up to Max. So that's really cool yep. to hear. Um, but the way that everything's going at the moment, this is the domination that Mercedes just weren't expecting, were they? Because they'd sort of put all of their energy going, well, we know that the 2019, 2020 car were really, really good. Okay, we had to take DAS out and you know change the back floor. But really, the car we know is really solid. It's going to be good for the rest yep. of the year. Let's just focus on 2022. Let's remember that Lewis Hamilton has not signed a contract for 2022 yet. Uh, and yeah. if Max Verstappen wins the world championship, do we see him leave or do we see him come back to fight at the back of the pack <sighs> as Williams is at the front of the pack next year? <laughs> uh, he might just sign a short deal, but I can't see him going anywhere else. I don't think there's an opportunity for him to go anywhere else. He's going to leave the sport completely or he's going to resign. Yeah. Probably short term because he can just do one year at a time. He's got that FU money right now. He's got that <laughs> position. He can be like, you want me. I know you want me. Yep. I'll, I'll drive if I want to. And this is how much you'll pay me. So he can tell him exactly how much he wants and how long he wants his contract to be. Yeah. 
For sure. And someone who's pretty much likely to drive as well for, for 2022 is uh, Sergio Perez in fourth for this race. He is bringing it. He could have been a little bit close to the front, yeah. um, but they had alternate strategy to Max. He was very close to Bottas by the end, um, even though the graphic said it was like seven laps and it was really easy. Of course, that wasn't the case and didn't happen. What a surprise. Um, but good for him. He seems to be finding yeah. he's like, or oh, maybe he's found his feet, Tommy T. Is that fair to say, do you think? I think so. I think he's one thing it's, it's always let him down is qualifying. And if he can kind of get better at putting that car in a position ahead of a Mercedes or both, that is just going to help Red Bull so much. Instead of him having to do everything possible on a Sunday strategy-wise to get back to third or second, yeah. if he can start there, oh, unbelievable. Because we saw what happened last year with Mercedes 1-2 grid lockouts. How do you beat that? Max had to work so hard to do anything and risk strategies and he ended up in that Hamilton position more often than not in seconds going, can't do anything because no matter what I do, they'll cover me off and get a 1-3. So if Perez can improve kind of those Saturdays, I reckon that's his chance. Yeah, and he's uh, he's a great driver. You know, it's he's a solid... Yep. Top tier B driver, which is what they need. But he's also like hard out for the team and he knows his position, yes. which is, it's maybe less competitive, but it's also good to see that he's like not under this illusion of like, I'm better than Max, which would just be insane. He's he's happy to be in the sport. He's like, oh, I'm in a competitive car. I got to win. Like, mm, yeah. All these kind of things. He's like, this is way better than where I was back down in the back of the pack, fighting yeah. to be in the midfield potentially. Yeah. You're not wrong. Sometimes you just got to cop that and maybe. Bottas is forgetting that, what it was like to be back there. And not that I want him to just forever be here too, but to be honest, it's better than being at the back, mate. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, you know, for Sergio's had an interesting career, hasn't he? And sometimes it just hasn't worked out for him to be at the right place at the right time. But this is yep. the right place at the right time for him. And he knows that he can pick up these victories if Max something happens to Max or... Even yep. if he's faster, like I don't think that, and maybe well, maybe that'll change now. But I don't think Red Bull will necessarily do team orders as quickly as Mercedes would do, if that makes sense. No, um, and that's that's down to Christian, really, on the yep. on the pit wall, and he's got that relationship with Sergio from a long time ago as well, which is yeah, it's really great to see. And of course, Max Verstappen winning the race in absolute style. Um, yeah. He is that that pit crew is getting very used to hanging off the fence. Um, hopefully yes. they stay on the fence, and because some guys are like, I am gonna fly <laughs> into the middle of the track, big time. Nah, he was he was spot on. Like I, he literally did not put a foot wrong. He started really well. He got like you said uh, in our pre drinks. He angled across, cut off Hamilton straight away. Game over. There was literally no chance for Hamilton to do anything whatsoever this race. It was sewn up from lap one. Yeah. And he kind of deserves that, doesn't he? It's about time. Big time. Like he's always yeah. had issues or, you know, strategy go against him, whatever. It's He's tied this up and, uh, yeah, it's it's all good, which is fantastic. And good to see the Dutch fans there to support him. Yes. I can't wait to go to the Netherlands. That is going yes. to be mayhem. The the. The mics that are scattered, like the shotgun mics that are scattered around the track to hear the car, you won't be able to hear the cars. You'll just be hearing yeah. roaring fans for two hours. Of, yes. if he, and if he wins that, that would be bloody fantastic. Huge. 
Well, Tommy T, that is the race and all of the teams. Now, for my most favorite part, this is uh, the (laughs) Fantasy League. If you haven't joined our Fantasy League, uh, you can find the link in the description below to do so. Um, it, we will be handing out some prizes for the top three at the end of the season, but also we will be handing out uh, our favorite names through the season. And that might be one, that might be 10. We haven't quite decided yet because uh, there has been so bloody many. Um, yeah. And so many of you are so good at getting on this and changing your name each week. And honestly, I get an absolute bloody blast reading these every uh, Monday morning. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for taking the time to do that as well. Tommy T, I have selected some of my favorites from this time around. Are you ready? I am. It's sound off and away we go, Alex B. If that was a reference (laughs) to Sky not having any or Foxtel here and K having absolutely no sound. So they were just running random ads um, like the top of this podcast. FIA, Ferrari induced accident. (laughs) Race R. Do you think Sky knows what a fact is? Jonathan C, probably as much as Oz F1 knows what a fact is, to be perfectly honest. Alpha Twerky, <laughs> Steen N, that's really great. Doing something from our main weatherman, Manus, uh, who, uh, look, at this rate, isn't exactly successful with uh, his yeah. weather predictions. So that ties in. Uh, he's about in. as good as a weatherman, to be honest. <laughs> ties in <laughs> with the Oz F1 show. They race me so hard. Jed D, you've had this up for a couple of weeks, but that's definitely, that's the Albon <laughs> uh, excuse, which is so funny. Um, pointless George. Haley <laughs> H. <laughs> Uh, I think by default, that's Tommy T's favorite one. Yeah. Valtteri Mazaspin in the pit lane. Uh, that's Josh L and also Lachlan D. Both of you have independently done. Uh, I think Lachlan didn't have the in the pit lane bit, but uh, that's very, very good. Uh, get in the Mazabin. <laughs> Lauren R from the UK. Hello, Lauren. Thanks for listening. Uh, Checo Bradbury is my favorite from the other week. Yeah. Where that's a, an excellent Australian reference. For when Very he cold. got first, it, uh, that was fantastic. <laughs> Little ball scratcher. He just... He's very good. Mate. He's very good at just uh, <laughs> sassing us. Danny Rick, 2022 DTM champion. <laughs> That's very aggressive and we will not stand for that. <laughs> classic from him. Bloody Canada, hey? Um, <laughs> also from Canada, Mason C. Campy, I'm bald too. Uh, <laughs> and last but not least, Tommy, hoping every good F, uh, F1 driver in Campy's bin. It says, it's, sorry, it should be Tommy joining every good F1 driver in Campy's bin, along with Michael Massey and a few other people of our choosing. The bin's getting full, mate. We need more <laughs> bins. Maybe we should be sponsored by some kind of bin. Who knows? Um, but the interesting uh, start, or well, the interesting point for us, Tommy T, is Campy has lost a couple of places. He's down in 25th. Good. Uh, you've gained a couple of places. You're in 43rd, and I suck. At, yes. at fantasy this year, George Russell. I had bloody both Red Bull drivers, both McLaren drivers, and a McLaren, and him, and he bloody <laughs> lost me twelve points. You absolute jerk! <laughs> no, no, I just don't want you to get any points. Don't lose me points. I should have put Schumacher in; it would have been fine. Um, classic James and uh, the top three: Helmut Marco wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> James M coming in first. Olympic RT 21 in second, and this is Red Bull 8.0 in third. Tommy T, uh, it's time to use our mega drivers. I think uh, just to even the field, if you haven't used your mega driver yet, I think Mega Max 
turbo bloody Perez for next race and then watch them crash into each other and completely ruin that opportunity <laughs> to make any points. If you do that, I'm not doing that because that's what will happen. <laughs> yes, your luck. It's a commentator's curse. <laughs> do the opposite of James is my pit strategy. Uh, and look, not a bad <laughs> idea by you at all. Uh, but, mate, thanks so much for joining me. Campy, again, we'd say that we'd miss you, but uh, considering we thought you were going to be on the podcast up until when we started recording, uh, <laughs> put yourself in your own bin. Mate, yes. uh, but we will uh, we'll look forward to joining you on the pre-drinks podcast on Sunday for the Austrian Grand Prix in Styria. Now, if you've enjoyed this, <laughs> I can't, I just, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, um, it doesn't make sense. If you've enjoyed At this, Spielberg. please consider subscribing to not only to on Apple and um, Apple podcasts and on Spotify, but also on YouTube. If you also listen to us audio only, can you do me a favor and just jump across to YouTube and subscribe? You get to see our stupid faces, but it's going to help us a hell of a lot. Just put uh, it in a tab and just mute it and just let it run. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> just for the stats. <laughs> you like algorithms, right? I love them. It makes my life really easy to deal with. Um, but the other bit of news, Tommy T, is there's a bit of a change coming up for the Oz F1 show, isn't there? Yeah, so Oz F1 has been our name from the start and we've kind of adapted to the Oz F1 show, trying to play the game, but F1 doesn't like their name being used apparently. Mm. So we've kind of got the word that we should move sooner than later. And you might have seen that on our graphics we had a little other thing. And we're moving to Lakeside Drive. Oh, as your camera desperately tries to focus on the coffee cup. Here we go. (laughs) Need to put it in front of my head. Lakeside Drive. So that is if for keen listeners, you'll know that that is a section of the uh, Melbourne Grand Prix. And that's what we've named this podcast and this kind of what we're doing about. So look for that to change over next week. Yeah. Um, but we're excited. Yes. Same stuff. It's just a different name. And if you've got an Oz F1 t-shirt, it just means you've got OG merch, which uh, puts you up yeah. higher in uh, standings. That's for sure. But certainly it's exciting things to come. And with Lakeside Drive gives us so many options for growth into other motorsport podcasts as well. Uh, stay yeah. tuned for that. We will take over the world one state at a time, only from Australia because we're not allowed to leave the bloody country. Uh, but that's it. It's time to end. Tommy T, thank you so much for your thoughts and time as always and we'll check you out with all of your non-existent hair and massively receding hairline sorry i really uh, it makes it look worse when i do that though doesn't it it? look uh if you've got shane warne's number um and you live in the country if you (laughs) wouldn't mind just forwarding it to us so we can ask for some sponsorship that'd be great uh and we'll catch you next time for our pre-drinks episode on sunday for the austrian grand prix cheers mate Uh, do you want me to do we to talk about moving to Lakeside Drive for next time? Yeah. We just don't even talk. Okay. We don't even involve Campy in that decision because he Fuck fucked it. it. <clears throat> I'm going to rag on him. Excellent. Thank both. God. All right, here we go. <laughs> about time. You going to hit recording this time though? No. <laughs> <laughs> they should give you the pre-tape of this as well so you, know, you can look at all your green room shit. That's what we need. Uh, hello. Before the show is better than the actual show. Well, that's true. <laughs> hang on. Let me hang on. I want to I want to press record, count it down and then actually start when it comes down to to one. Cuz you want it clean. Yeah. Is that okay? okay. I guess. Oh, too fucking late. I'm doing <laughs> it anyway. Serious now. Aren't 6 you? 5 Good. Sports Social Podcast Network.